2: Today, we talk with neuroscientist Emiliana Simon-Thomas from UC Berkeley's Greater Goods Science Center about the transformative practice of mindful body scan meditation. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We hear about mindfulness everywhere these days, in news articles, wellness magazines, at the doctor's office on social media or bombarded with images of attractive calm people bathed in sunlight smiling as they sit cross-legged with their eyes serenely closed doesn't it look so nice if only it were so easy for those of us who aren't stock photography models to find bamboo forests at just the right temperature with nobody else around in which to quietly practice daily meditation but maybe we don't need perfect conditions to practice mindfulness. What if cultivating mindfulness were possible right here, right now? What if we could even do it during times of chaos and pain? Research has shown that even under extreme circumstances, like during childbirth, we can and should practice mindfulness. Of course, it won't totally ease pain or anxiety during childbirth. Mindfulness isn't sorcery that can simply wave those away. But the practice of being grounded and mindful allows birthing parents and their partners to feel less fearful, more connected, more satisfied, more bonded, and even to have better postpartum recovery and better parenting in the long run. To learn about this, about how mindfulness works in the context of childbirth, I spoke with Dr. Emiliana Simon-Thomas, the science director at UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and a mother of three. Trained in neuroscience and social psychology, Emiliana oversees research fellowships, directs key science initiatives, and teaches the science of happiness worldwide. She serves as an expert voice on the origins of well-being and the most promising strategies for increasing it individually, in relationships, and within organizations. During our conversation, I learned a lot about mindfulness in childbirth and its benefits for my baby, my partner, and me and our future health and happiness as a family. To test it out, I'll actually be challenging myself to do body scan meditations in the weeks leading up to my first childbirth. Afterwards, Dr. Simon Thomas will interview me about my hands-on experience on her podcast, The Science of Happiness. So stay tuned to see how it goes. And now without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Simon Thomas. So happy to have you with us, Dr. Simon Thomas, and welcome to Savvy Psychologist.
3: Thank you for inviting me, and I'm delighted to be a guest. Great, great. I am extra excited to
2: have you with us today, not only because I'm just fascinated by the idea of mindfulness and childbirth, but also on a personal level, I'm getting pretty close to experiencing childbirth for the first time myself. So I'm really curious to hear your
3: perspective on how mindfulness works in this context. Yeah. Wow. Well, first, congratulations. How amazing. (laughs) Thank you. What a journey you're on the verge of. And um, yeah, absolutely. I'm overjoyed to share what I can about how helpful mindfulness can be during this time uh, and into the future. And um, I hope it's okay to pepper my uh, input with some of my own personal experiences. Oh, please do. I've gone through childbirth myself three times. Wow, three times. I am so in awe of that because I feel like
2: just the one pregnancy has been quite the experience. And so, yeah, I am really excited to hear about your personal experiences, too. And, of course, your expertise on the topic. Um, So maybe just to introduce the topic to our listeners, a really broad question you know, what is mindfulness? Because I often hear people say, oh, you know, I'm just not good at mindfulness or I don't think I could be good at it because I'm not good at clearing my mind and I don't know how to control my feelings and thoughts.
3: So could you just describe for us what mindfulness means? Yeah, and I'll give two very similar, but somewhat distinct definitions. The first one is really about an activity or a practice, like mindfulness as an exercise. Right now means uh, getting into some kind of comfortable position and very deliberately focusing on what's happening right now in this moment, both inside of our bodies and outside in the world, and trying to keep focusing on that content. Then there is kind of a dispositional or personality trait kind of mindfulness, which is a, a more overarching quality of how you walk the world. Are you regularly noticing precisely what's happening as it's happening by habit? So I think in the domain that we're talking right now, pregnancy and childbirth, both of them matter. But if we're talking about which one might be really useful during the childbirth experience, maybe the one to think of is actually the practice of mindfulness. Now, I think of mindfulness as completely unrelated to mind control or trying to stifle or suppress one's thoughts or feelings. That territory is really different. And while it does lend itself to experiencing emotional moments differently, it's not the most constructive or healthy way to relate to emotional experiences. Mindfulness doesn't mean trying to suppress or stifle or control your thoughts or feelings. Really, it's a gentle, nurturing way of kind of steering your thoughts and feelings towards what's actually happening right now, rather than what we often do by habit, which is think about things that happened earlier in our lives or in the day, worry about things that might happen later, reflect on social anxieties that we might be holding. All of those really have a deleterious impact on the experience that we might be having right now, considering what's truly here and around us. And so, again, mindfulness is just steering us away from that habit of thinking about other moments in time and really just dwelling on what's happening right now. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I really love the way you describe that. So it sounds like mindfulness is not about escaping or clearing the mind or going somewhere else, but rather the opposite, like it's really being grounded in the here and now in reality.
3: Is that right? Yeah that's exactly right it's it's just directing your attention to notice what is happening right in this moment because gotcha. there is a lot happening right in this moment in yeah. any moment there's a lot an infinite level of information is kind of bombarding our senses and being processed in our in our neurons and our brains and what we pay attention to amidst that infinite information is to some degree, volitional. And so that's Mm -hmm. what mindfulness is about. It's about leveraging that opportunity to really kind of steer our mental awareness towards what's happening right now, rather than judge it in relationship to other aspects of our experience or our lives. Speaking of lots
2: happening right now and, you know, using our senses, one of the types of the practice of mindfulness that I really wanted to ask you about is body scan meditation. So could you tell us what body scan is and how it's different from other types of maybe meditative kind of practices?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Body scan meditation is a form of mindfulness that really dwells on the physical experience that you're having oftentimes when people begin trying a mindfulness practice um, it can be kind of difficult to rein in all of the meandering thoughts and you know innovative ideas or sort of intrusive feelings that occur in any given moment and um, it, it can be a very heady experience what body scan does is shift the orientation to something physical that is right there it's it's right here our body we are in our body right now at any moment and so by using the body as sort of a a guide to staying in the moment body scan meditation enables us to stay more grounded and to stay in the physical experience of being in this moment right now and perhaps refrain from sort of dwelling off into some future imaginative time or space that isn't about this moment. What body scan teachers typically do is encourage someone as they're taking this kind of gentle and and caring stance towards their, their conscious awareness and trying to direct it to this moment to also pay attention to physical sensations. Feelings of air kind of going in and out of either your lips or your nose. The sensation of your chest kind of going up or down each time you inhale or exhale. Those can be the easy ones because they really have a very tactile uh, dimension to them. More advanced body scan awareness will be sort of direct your attention to every little part of your body from head to toe. So the space in your forehead down to your cheeks, your lips, your neck, the back of your neck, your shoulders, your chest, and so on, all the way to the tips of your toes. And just again, by directing your attention to this physical entity that can be no place else in time, it Mm -hmm. it assists us in, in being grounded in that mindfulness experience.
2: So then when it comes to the context of childbirth, I really love the idea of mindfulness and body scan. And at the same time, I can't help but think, you know, when someone's in labor and having really painful contractions and, you know, not necessarily pleasant body sensations, wouldn't they want to be distracted or be in a different place, you know, in their happy place instead of being in their very painful body
3: right now? You know, that's such a terrific question. Honestly, the pain that occurs with childbirth for most people probably is beyond what a person, the average person is able to diminish through some kind of distraction. Now I know there are lots of other strategies for managing pain during childbirth um, that have words like hypnotism in there or going to your happy place. But at some point, Pain might break through whatever a person is capable of. And mindfulness really differs, and particularly body scan, it differs from those efforts to regulate the experience of pain because it actually leverages our innate capacity to recover from pain. And mm-hmm. that is, we actually aren't meant to feel and experience extended long-term chronic experiences of pain and thus our physiological systems are equipped to register pain but recover from it relatively quickly in order that we can manage whatever situation is causing that pain the thing that tends to make pain go on and on and on is how we think about it how we worry about it how we imagine that it might never end how we ask the powers that be, why it's us that has to experience it, mm-hmm. and how we worry about whether it's a signal of, of death, right? We worry, this, this, this has got to mean that I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not going to survive. And what mindfulness, and particularly body scan, does is it really steers us away from that kind of imaginative, ruminative, meandering thinking about the pain, and instead really gets us to look right at it. Like, look right at that part of our body that is having this pain sensation and understand it and relate to it in a, in a nurturing way so that it can diminish, or at least we can be with it until it's over, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to last indefinitely. It will happen, and then it will change. It might get worse. It'll likely get better, regardless It's not indefinite and and body scan practices really allow us to kind of put the spotlight right on that part of our body that is feeling the sensation in a way that enables it to begin to recover rather than try to sort of stifle it or push it away or hide it or distract from it. Um, Really, those things bleed through at some point. Mm, that makes a lot of sense to me because
2: I think a general theme I've found is that if you're fighting against your body, then it doesn't go so well. But if you sort of if you're there with your body, if you're working with your body sort of authentically relating to it in the moment, then it's usually not as bad as if you're also worrying or anticipating or um,
3: catastrophizing
2: or something like that.
3: Absolutely. Um, One of the great thinkers who writes about the body scan meditation practice or the class of practices that involve attuning to our body uh, is Linda Graham. And she calls the kind of outcome of body scan practices or physical, uh, attending to your physical body practices, somatic intelligence. And somatic intelligence, again, is really being well-versed in and familiar with the sensations, the landscape and realm of possible sensations that occur in your body, partly just to be familiar with them and then partly to understand why they're happening and what they're doing. And having that understanding really helps us again, recover from them or manage them effectively. So I think that when body scan practices lead to greater somatic intelligence, this gives the birthing uh, person just better tools to handle the challenges that they're going to face in those moments
0: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
1: From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available Intelligent 4-Wheel Drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent 4-Wheel Drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
2: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. So is there any scientific evidence to support all of this to show
3: that there are any better outcomes for people when they are mindful during childbirth? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of evidence about the benefits and advantages that come with being more mindful. First of all, more mindful mothers uh, generally, and fathers, I would add, are less anxious. They're less worried hmm. about, about pregnancy and childbirth. They f- uh, report fewer physical discomforts during the pregnancy. During childbirth, they, um, they they report less fear and pain. They show lower rates of preterm labor, lower rates of postpartum difficulty, depression and anxiety. They're more successful in forming healthy, secure attachment relationships with their children. And they suffer less sort of marital discord after becoming parents. So there's this long list of benefits that come with mindfulness as a both a practice that one takes on during childbirth and an overarching kind of quality or characteristic of who, who you are going into the major transformation that parenting represents for humans.
2: Wow, that's really amazing that it's not just in the moment itself, but also long term. And it's not just the person who's giving birth, but also partners. So you mentioned fathers and partners benefiting from this too, and the marital relationship benefiting. So
3: can and should partners also use mindfulness during a birth experience? Absolutely. It is beneficial for partners to learn mindfulness and use mindfulness during a birth experience. As a person of support, it can be rather challenging to witness, to bear witness to your beloved going through an extraordinarily painful looking experience. And managing one's own feelings in those moments is difficult. And mindfulness is a way to get better, at managing those feelings within oneself so that you can turn around and channel your effort into being of utmost support to the other person. Body scan mindfulness practices are a really good way to develop greater awareness of one's own feelings of anxiety or distress. And again, by kind of focusing the spotlight right on them and asking for a minute, like, huh, is this really, am I really under threat in this moment? Actually, no, it's not me. I'm having this response, this physiological arousing response, which in fact is equipping me to be a better hero in this moment, a better person of support. And, and that whole thought process really emerges from becoming more aware of your physical experiences in the moment and being able to, again, kind of steer them into the productive and supportive direction that you want them to be. That is so encouraging to hear. I'm
2: definitely going to share this with my partner and have him practice with me because I think he's actually maybe more nervous about the birth than I am at this point. So it sounds like he could really use some mindfulness practice uh, going into this.
3: I think it can be wildly helpful. I think it's also a great exercise for couples to do together as they try to understand What will be the most supportive um, shared experience? I think that maybe... Most couples haven't had the experience of being in the presence of one another while one person is experiencing something really, really, really physically uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. without that experience, we don't know what to do. We don't know what the other person is really going to be comforted by. I know in uh, Nancy Bardicke's mindfulness-based childbirth and parenting education training program, she very deliberately gets couples to, in the in the same moment that they're practicing body scan and and, and awareness, physical awareness practices, um, practice what it would feel like to be supportive with one another through touch. And in specific, do partners know what the right thing to do is? And do they think, oh, I'm gonna sort of quickly pat someone and say, it's okay, everything's fine. (laughs) Maybe that would work in some contexts. But often the person who is undergoing childbirth doesn't actually prefer that and prefers a more steady, maybe firm hold. And and through that kind of touch is able to convey their degree of support in those moments. So so it's absolutely helpful for each individual, but also for the understanding between the person undergoing childbirth and the partner who's there to support them.
2: That's really good food for thought, and I'll certainly be chatting about it with My partner. So any other advice to expectant parents for cultivating mindfulness, for beginning this journey in a mindful attitude? Uh, Any other thoughts for us?
3: You know, I'll bring in my own experience in my first childbirth here to answer this question. I uh, was trained as a scientist. I had gone to the delivery room probably 18 hours after waddling my PhD dissertation thesis to oh my the goodness. office where I had to submit it back then. You had to print it out, um, <laughs> how old I am. And um, I, I had a very kind of empirical sensibility about childbirth. And I had experience with mindfulness, but still came into it with a, an expectation. I wanted to predict how long it was going to last. I wanted to know, I wanted answers about how it was going to go. I was frustrated when people couldn't give me those answers. And my take home message after that first childbirth experience was really the driver for my response to this question, which is you know, becoming a parent really transforms all of your capacity to expect, predict, feel entitled to the long list of things we do earlier in our young adulthood to try to be organized. And mindfulness is a way to kind of soften those expectations, to surrender, to realize that any moment that you're in, even if it isn't matching what you thought should be happening or was the best thing to occur, actually has profound value and opportunity for connection, for enjoyment for learning and so uh, if we can kind of keep that in mind as the long-term goal for practicing mindfulness and becoming a parent for the first time i think that that can be quite beneficial i think that can be very productive being able to surrender to the right now is something that will come in handy throughout the you know 40 plus years of parent, intensive parenting that we're all um, getting ourselves into when we become parents. Wise words. That
2: is really, really good to remember, not only, I think, for the beginning and the upcoming moments of childbirth, but also for parenting in general, it sounds like this has been a really good philosophy for you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's very typical in any given moment where I begin to feel perhaps my shoulders tense up, my teeth clench, my eyebrows clamped together. (laughs) Now I have a seven-year-old, a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old and bickering is just um, part of the fabric of our daily family. (laughs) Something that I don't find very enjoyable, but if I react in an angry way to it, it just escalates. And while I don't want it to be happening, that's an example of where, for me, mindfulness becomes a tool for surrendering to that moment and and trying to understand how can I relate to their experience, their choices, what's happening right now in a way that is constructive and supportive and enables us all to learn something rather than sort of get stuck in some longer, hostile, frustrating uh, (laughs) thing.
2: I love that you use the word surrendering. I think that's going to be uh, a major theme from now on for me. Well, Dr. Emiliana Simon-Thomas, Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really, really valuable conversation for me and I think for, you know, not just people who are pregnant and expecting childbirth, but for anyone who's interested in learning about mindfulness. So this is uh, really fantastic advice and I really appreciate your time.
3: Well, I'm so glad to be here. And yes, I do think it's beneficial for people going through childbirth. It's good for people who are supporting them and not just the partners, but also family members and friends and community members. This is a major, major life transition. And the more constructively we relate to it, the better off everyone's going to be. And, and mindfulness is a great way to optimize ourselves in those moments to be the best people we can be.
2: So wish me good luck as I go on this body scan challenge leading up to my first childbirth. I hope it goes well. And so send me good positive vibes, please. I'll let you know how it goes. And you can hear my conversation with Dr. Simon Thomas in the weeks to come when she interviews me on her podcast, The Science of Happiness. Meanwhile, let me know what else you'd like to learn about regarding mindfulness or anything else psychology related. You can reach me on Facebook and Twitter at Psych and at PhD. If you'd like psychology tips delivered straight to your inbox, subscribe to the Savvy Psychologist newsletter and to the Savvy Psychologist podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again so much for joining me. I will see you next week for Happier, Healthier Minds.